Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Chucky, can you hear me? Can you hear me, Two Traits? Where where are you, Chucky Two Traits? You're our only hope. Save oh, us, Chucky him. Two Traits. Oh, my God. We did find him. And his, we I don't found know if we him. wanted to, but we found him. <laughs> we found him. Oh, my God. Hello, Flight listeners. Welcome back. It, it Free agencies happened for a couple days now, and man, had the Flyers not done very much in it. And... I know you're frustrated out there. It's tough. But at the same time, I have to say we kind of asked for this. <laughs> Craig and I kind of asked for this where we were like, well, I don't want a guy who's going to come in and just wreck everything that Hextall mm-hmm. worked to to get as far as, you know, having the young players and trade away the future and all that. And I will say I give Chuck Fletcher a lot of credit. He has not traded away the future in any way, shape or form. But I think it's a little frustrating when there's good names out there. Uh, like there are not a ton of great names. Don't get me wrong, but you know, some good names. And you see teams like the Colorado avalanche, for instance, making some really nice sly moves and Very nice moves, yeah. the flyers have a key player retire and just don't find an adequate replacement for him. Yeah. And also I do want to say, I, uh, I have always said for them, him not to trade away the future, that was the big thing last year and everything. I do think that it gets to a point where you have the prospects, you're on the verge of possibly a cup-contending team, and there's a right time to trade those prospects. I'm not quite there yet. That feels like a next-year thing. But at the same time, you saw what the Flyers could do this year. I like, I don't know. I, I, I'm just not a big fan of the one signing at the NHL level we've made yet. I don't know how I feel about that one. Yeah. And, uh... Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about. I mean, so yeah. first of all, the the big names coming into this free agency period were Taylor Hall and Alex Petrangelo. Taylor Hall went and signed a one year, eight million dollar deal with the Buffalo goddamn Sabers. <laughs> this guy, this guy, Taylor Hall, decided. You know what? I love Dave and Buster's. I love Applebee's. I love wings. I'm going to Buffalo. I'm taking my talents there for one year. I mean, on the one hand, I can't blame Taylor Hall. Probably the team offering him the most money for for one year that can afford him. And the fact is, Jack Eichel is a damn good hockey player. And let's say you load up a line. Like, that power play could be freaking killer. Power play is going to be good. Eichel, Hall, and Skinner. Like, that is... And and the whole other thing. Yeah, and the other thing is uh, Victor Olsson, who's the rookie who's scoring all the power play goals this year for him, is going to be on that power play, and that's probably going to be the first line is 
Paul Eichel Olofsson. So for the first time in Eichel's career, there's a tangible amount of help, like an actual really, really good player there. I mean, Jeff Skinner was... He, he was good when he signed, but that there was a, an expected downfall the following season after his big, like, 36-goal season or whatever he had. Uh, but I... I think it's a good it's a good move for Hall, mainly because I think some teams may have been worried about like an expansion uh, spot, like expansion slot getting taken up uh, if he's signed there long term. And also, this is just a weird market because of everything going on. You know, it's mid October. We're not sure when the next season is going to start. Everything with COVID, yada yada yada. And he just says, "I'm going to play one year, show everybody I'm still really good, and then just wait until after like next off season and yeah. pick out." A better, uh, better crop of teams to choose from. So I, it's weird. I mean, I don't think anybody was expecting Buffalo, right? I none I of the reporters really were. Like I, I have a Twitter yeah. list of reporters that I follow just for for hockey, free agency, and trade deadlines, and pretty much every tweet, like five just tweets in a row, yeah. just like uh, I did not expect this. But that said, <laughs> from a Flyers fan point of view, this is not. We actually were not really expecting Taylor Hall. So this, no, this no. is not a frustrating signing for us. I mean, I. You know, I'd love to see that kind of offensive talent come in here, but at the same time, not somebody that was expected or really that desired by the Flyers fan base. The guy that was desired, but you know, we really shouldn't have expected him. Big time, was Alex Petrangelo. Big time pipe dream. Yeah, and he went to Vegas for seven years, eight point eight million a year. Is that what yeah, I saw? That's what I saw. Okay. Yeah, and that was the ex- honestly, that was the expected landing spot, if not back to St. Louis from pretty much the start. St. Louis actually yeah. got crossed off the board when they just got impatient and said, we're going with Tory Krug. They, they signed Tory Krug and uh, you know, that's a pretty good signing for St. Louis. Pretty good but, replacement. You know, yeah. Yeah. But I mean, Petrangelo is one of the best, uh, best right side defensemen in the game. And it's a great signing for Vegas, but Vegas had to move a lot of parts to, to get him in there. And specifically, yeah. they moved one part that really would have been interesting to the Flyers, you know, considering Matt Niskanen's retirement, in Nate Schmidt. They had to clear the cap space, so they moved Nate Schmidt to the Vancouver Canucks for a third-round pick, which is a very low price for a defenseman of Nate Schmidt's caliber. Yeah, I like Nate Schmidt a lot, and when I heard his name getting thrown around, uh, I think the last couple of days when the big rumors were Petrancha going to Vegas, I, I would have liked to add uh, Schmidt to the Flyers' top four. I feel like he would have been a guy that, you know, maybe not the ideal mold, but like still a lot better than who they ended up signing as like a top four option. But I, I think he would have filled in pretty nicely for this year, especially with the absence of, absence of Niskanen now. They need to add. I still want to see them add something to the top four, uh, a guy that can play both ways and not just offensive or lax any kind of offensive intellect. I, I wanted somebody kind of like Nate Schmidt. And Nate, I, I don't know how many names would have been realistic, realistically out there for the Flyers because, again, guy, a guy like Petrangelo wasn't coming here. Krug was would have been a pretty big reach. Uh, and then just some of the other names that, like, Matt Dumbo was a guy that was getting some buzz for a while. I don't know what's going on on that front, but, like, he is still out there. I like Kevin Shattenkirk, too, even though he ended up going to uh, – Anaheim for some reason, but for like some the, reason, I, like not exactly the know, cup yeah. contending team that Vegas is. He is. Is he from California? Maybe that's what we're. I know he's. I thought he was. A, I thought he was like a Boston guy. 
I'm not sure. Or like okay. mass. Are you looking that up right now? He's from I'm, New York. Yeah, okay. I'm looking at it. He's from New York. So well, I, then you know, I, I who knows? Know I mean, maybe that's why yeah. he signed with the Rangers in the first place. But I mean, you can't beat that California weather. So I guess that's why. I don't I know. I guess so, yeah. <laughs> I, it's yeah, one of those things that's like, out there. It's hard it's to debate like why somebody would want to play in the Anaheim, LA area because, you know, it's it's a lovely like 70 degrees at coldest sometimes. Yeah. But. It's at the same time from a, a competitive hockey standpoint. I only did just win a cup, so maybe it's retirement. Maybe it's yeah, like Coach Q was like, off. you know what? I'm just gonna go to Miami, play golf, and occasionally <laughs> coach hockey. Yeah, man, that's what it is. Uh, but like there, there are plenty of options out there. I mean, I would prefer a right-handed guy too, and they're, it, it's still all doable. But uh, it, the signing today of Eric Gustafson, Gustafson, Jesus, uh, Gustafson. There you go. Third time's trying. Gus Bus uh, 2. Is, Gus Bus 2 is what I'm going to be calling him. Uh, is, it the makes Gus it pretty hard to make any more signings without moving uh, a player or two. And obviously, the couple names when you say move a player, there's already two in mind for most Flyers fans based off of how they've talked all summer. But, uh, I mean, let's, uh, let's the Flyers have made three signings so far and uh, all different type of signings. So let's, uh, let's get into it, Steve. So first, they signed Eric Gustafson. Uh, at the NHL level for one year, three million dollars, uh, and this is Derek of course Puglia. not to be confused with Eric Gustafson, the Flyers defenseman from a few years back. They Spelled folks the same exact way, <laughs> same exact way, different players. Even though they're both yes. offensively stronger defensemen. Oh my yeah, this God. one it, is ridiculous. a little bit bigger than yeah. the than the other one. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it is kind of it is pretty funny that that is like. I think that's kind of like a popular name over there. Eric is spelled like this, and then Gus. It's like John Smith, like as far so as I know. A, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh, and then Derek Pouliot, who was an AHL signing uh, for the blue line. And then Zade Wisdom, who was signed to an ELC. But we're going to, right now, we're going to talk about Eric Gustafson, uh, Gus Bus 2.0. Uh, he is 28 year old Swedish left hand defenseman, six foot, 197, and he was drafted 93rd overall in the fourth round of the 2012. NHL entry draft by the Edmonton Oilers. He had 29 points in 66 games last year between the Blackhawks and the Flames, playing 20 minutes and 40 seconds a night. Uh, with Calgary, he finished with three assists in seven games and four assists in 10 playoff games. Um, and he has 119 points, 28 of which are goals in 221 games. Uh, and he's been a regular since 2015-16. Big thing people have been talking about or pointing out uh, is the fact, well, First things first, he's an offensive defenseman. And he is an offensive defenseman who is a lot of offense and will create chances for you in the offensive zone. Does not really help you prevent chances in your own end. Um, And he is uh, effective on the power play. He's been used on the power play very frequently. Never kills penalties. So, terrific. he kind of feels like a less notable or dynamic version of Shane Gossespear, who I don't know if you've noticed or if you've heard us talking, hasn't really been getting in the lineup, which makes this signing a little interesting uh, because if Ghost couldn't crack the lineup, why are we using the limited amount of cap space we have left for a guy who kind of offers less than what Ghost can offer? I don't know. I do like Mm. Gustafson on the very surface level. Like, considering I don't think he's a terrible player, I just think he is extremely offensive oriented and he's an offensive defenseman and as we've been saying for a while even with the draft stuff if there is one thing the flyers kind of have a surplus of and you would like them to fill in other holes that 
or weaknesses in the franchise. Adding more offensive defensemen really isn't the go-to thing right now. But uh, I guess Chucky Dutrey said, uh, fuck your podcast. And he went out and he signed uh, Gustafson. And uh, I will say... Fuck your podcast! <laughs> yeah, Charlie Murphy, fuck your podcast. Yeah, so I do think he... Well, I don't think. He did have a, a pretty good 2018-19 when he played on the top pair for Chicago with Duncan Keith. So a couple things about that are he was playing with Duncan Keith. And also, <laughs> the thing we've been saying about the Blackhawks and, and the Rangers for a while, or at least I have, is they're fun to watch for offense all around because they have skill up front that will produce, and they have guys like Keith and Gustafson on the back end who will be able to generate chances for their team, play no fucking defense at the other end. So, like, that top pair, that year he was on the top pair, uh, he played uh, a little less than 1,500 minutes at 5-5, five and five, I think, and... Um, Again, use mainly as an offensive defenseman and plays like an offensive defenseman. So for that season, 2018-19, out of 124 D-men that played 1,000 minutes or more at 5-on-5, his 60.850 offensive zone start percentage, like where he started his shifts, was the seventh highest out of those 124 defensemen. So he's been been putting up good offensive numbers, and his underlying numbers look pretty good. He is being sheltered a lot. Like he... Like that, that, that was the year that his numbers looked really good and he was playing on the top pair with Keith. And they decided to, that was the year that they fired Quinville and brought in Jeremy Colton and they, they just decided to make them like an offensive pair. So, and when you look at his, uh, shot attempts per six, shot attempts, uh, four per 16 shot attempts against per 60, he's not really elite neither. So out of those 124 defensemen for that year, he ranked 42nd in Corsi four per 60 shot attempts per 60. Uh, and 89th and Corsi against for 60. So it's not like, you know, you're going to trade chances, but the way he generates offense, he's an elite offensive defenseman in that that sense. And it's also not like he's suppressing shots. So he's moderate to above average and generating chances, but defense, like other teams aren't getting anything on him. So he's just kind of like, when he's on the ice, the Flyers will get more chances, but both teams are going to be getting a fair amount of chances. And uh, he, he just doesn't, he just doesn't scream top four guy to me. And it really, he, he kind of does feel like another ghost. And again... So to put this simply, he just feels like the Shane Goss despair replacement for when they trade him. He does, a little bit. and I Like a I've cheaper version, essentially. Yeah, and I, I'm coming back to... Like, I'm thinking of Fletcher's comments about ghosts, which really don't mean shit now. Like, I mean, GMs will say one thing one day, and then literally the next day, or even the same day, go ahead and trade that guy. So that I'm not really hung Folks, up on. GMs lie quite a bit. <laughs> oh, big time. Yeah, that's all right. That's the takeaway here. But, like, even, I'm, I'm like, I, it feels like Ghost is going to be traded. And I'm trying to think of, I mean, at this point, it is what it is. Like, he, he, he got the chance of a new coaching staff, and apparently this coaching staff and also this front office aren't really a big fan of what he's bringing on and off the ice, apparently. Or they're just kind of like, hags play more. Hags play more. Uh, and... If they got to trade him before they lose him in the expansion draft and get something for him, and he ultimately is a change of scenery guy, a guy who, sure, he goes to another team and he cleans up, but something must have just not worked here, then whatever. But I, I'm just, I just got a bad feeling he's going to get traded. Hegg's PDO is going to fall off the charts and he's going to start looking like the guys look like for you know, for the five years he's been in the league or whatever. Uh, and then Ghost goes out and he has 45 to 50 points somewhere else. Like, you know, I 
I just feel like it's not going to be a fun time on Twitter. <laughs> and I feel is it like... Ever? Uh, is it ever these days? It's never a good time on Twitter. I just don't... I really don't... You know, what's, uh, what's the deal with the signing? I, like, again, it does really feel like a ghost replacement because Gustafson is good on the power play, too. Uh, that year that he went off, um, he had 17 goals and 60 points in 79 games for the Blackhawks that season. So 17 goals and, and 60 points is a ridiculous season. It's, you know, it's kind of like goes 17-18 season. He also had 18 power play points that year. Uh, for comparison, Proverell led the Flyers this year with 16. Niskanen was second among D-men with 13. Sorry, for defensemen. That's the, the players that led the Flyers in points. Um, and again, that year, he's not going to see as much ice time as he did then. Uh, here, he played 22-35 a night alongside Keith and man the top power play. That ain't fucking happening. And also, when he was utilized as the top pair defenseman, Chicago's numbers that year, uh, they were 30th in shot attempts or shots against per 60 at 5 and 5, and they were 31st in expected goals against per 60 at 5 and 5. So, again, this ain't the dude for defense. This isn't the guy I've been talking about for the need to fill in somebody on the top, top four on the right side. It's, uh, pretty much serving as a temporary Niskanen replacement until they figure that out, even if it is just one season. But this is not the guy for me. Uh, and he does play the right side too. So, to me, it feels like. He might be slotted on the third pair with Hagen. Uh, it's going to be Hagen him on the third pair, pair Hagen Gustafson. So I and I think they got him because he is a lefty that play, that plays mainly on the right side. So if push comes to shove, and there's an injury or you're not liking the way a pair can look, you can throw him on either side now, which is kind of I know that's an annoying talking point sometimes on this podcast, but that is kind of something that gets in the way because. I mean, again, I, I I really wouldn't feel confident throwing Ghost on the top four right now, mainly because he would be playing on his other side with like a Sandheim playing against tougher competition and more ice time. It is one of those things that we might, you know, kind of take for granted as fans, how difficult it can be to to change those sides. Like I remember, I think it was Andre Dillard, who is an offensive lineman for the Eagles, was saying how oh, difficult that. it was for him to play on the other side. But, you know, it's one of those things that it sounds silly to us as fans, but there could be, you know, some that truth is... to it, you know, just because you're facing yeah. different things. Like, if you're an offensive lineman, you're, you have to think about well, the uh, angles on the quarterback, their blind side versus, yeah. you know, things like that. Different that formations. Is, uh, uh, and yeah, you got to figure NHL, out blocking and where to go. Yeah. You have to think about defensive responsibility, uh, different players you're covering, blah, blah, blah. It, it, a lot of it ties into to strategies and the plays you have drawn up. It's also the simplicity of just, like, your keeps and wrapping the puck around and, you know, like, getting the puck into the, the neutral zone and shit. Like, it just use your, your left-handed on the left and right-handed on the right to just kind of stop pucks and keep them in and shit. But mainly what you're talking about, too, like, reading the play, I mean, it depends on... You know, if you're left-handed and you spend your whole life on the left side reading plays like that, it's kind of hard... When you go over to the right and you assume that somebody's going to have, like, the left is your wall and you kind of forget that. And then the guy's just getting into the slot. Yeah, it becomes a whole fucking thing. So, uh, but, I mean, this one, I get with this signing, I think he, I mean, I, I would hope he is used in the way that I've been kind of describing how Go should be used. On the third pair, sheltered minutes. Uh, limited defensive responsibilities, throw him on the power play, and then he's just a guy that collects points for you on the blue line. Uh, and again, offensively, I don't have issues with this guy offensively, and you can watch his highlights. He's, he is good offensively, uh, and he does damage on the power play, and he takes chance, chances offensively. The Flyers this offseason, though, 
and based off what they needed at the end of the postseason and how they're going to improve for next year, it's not another one of those guys. Uh, and I don't think he is the answer long-term, uh, especially because he's only been signed one year. I think he's a guy... I, I think the expansion draft played a big role into the decision-making here, too. I mean, he's essentially a 28-year-old reclamation project. Pretty much, yeah, because he didn't have the best numbers in Calgary. And again, Chicago, it's not like he was playing defense and nobody else was like his numbers kind of go hand in hand with what the mold of that team was. So he is very much, man. I mean, like if ghosts are driving people crazy, uh, heads up. <laughs> Cause this is going to be good. I, uh, you know, just, uh, you know, I will say when ghost is somewhere else, you know, maybe get return in the form of this guy's doing ghost like stuff. Paired with Braun or Hag, maybe uh, maybe it wasn't always him the whole time. But that we're, we're a long way from that. And again, it doesn't it doesn't really seem like there's a lot of bites for a ghost trade, though. I mean, I haven't seen a lot of rumors. I haven't seen any anything any kind of uh, any bites as to where he could go, or like a LeBron or a Dreger thrown out somewhere he could go. Um, and honestly, I don't even know what the market can be if Nate Schmidt just got traded for a third in a pinch. Honestly, objectively speaking, at this point in his career, what is Ghost going to go for? Like, just considering what the last two years and how he's been managed and how it looks like from an outside perspective, like, what really could you get for Ghost from a team that isn't pinched? Like, I I don't know. Because I feel like Nate Schmidt's pretty good. And I only got a third for him. And I know I know that's very much a, oh, we just got Petrangelo, who fucking cares, take who you want kind of a trade. But still... I don't know what the market would be for Ghost right now. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't really seem like there's one out there, and unfortunately, just due to the fact that he's dropped off in the past couple of years and has not played his best hockey, not even close to it, that really has driven down the value. But that's kind of also what we said about trading him away, is yep. if you trade him away at this point... You're not going to get anything for him. Right, you're not yeah. going to get anything. It's it, You don't want to see him traded away for a third-round pick just like Nate Schmidt or, you know, say Zach Ronaldo. <laughs> oh, boy. Ooh, oh, yeah, that's right. Hey, yeah, look at that. Nate Schmidt equals Zach Ronaldo. Many years later in a different context. I actually, I'm trying to find, I, 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 I can't take full credit for that one because I did see that on Twitter. I'm trying to find the, uh, the ah, credit no, no, for that That's Fly Parabolas now. No, no, that's ours. That's our joke. <laughs> for, heard it here first. You see it on the really, timeline. The joke then, eggs, yeah. It's, uh... <laughs> Twitter user crazy knucklehead. If you think about it, Zach Ronaldo was oh, traded for okay. the same value as Nate Schmidt. That's uh, it's still it's a good I trade. Mean, that right there is pretty fucking nuts. Yeah, that's a pretty good trade. <laughs> Either side, if you're the Canucks or the Flyers, that's that's a pretty good trade. So, um, yeah. So I mean, again, I'm I guess I'm fine with him overall. I mean, I'm alright with him, but I just this signing just makes me question, leads to a lot more questions than answers. And again, I. The only way I can really see him being forced into the top four and it being effective is something like you roll with the top pair of Provorov Sanheim and then you have um, Gustafson Myers on the second pair. Or you go Provorov Myers, Sanheim Gustafson. But again, I really, this guy does not feel like he was signed to be the Niskanen replacement. And if we don't get one, then that's a big that's a big thing going into next year. Like I, I think I said, if we brought back the same team that just lost Game Seven to the Islanders and put them on the ice for the upcoming season, they would fare better in the postseason. But 
I know Niskan has shot the Puka sheets in the, uh, in the in the bubble, but he was good during the regular season. He was a big part of the team's success during the regular season. So just remove that and hope that patchwork of Myers and Braun playing higher up in the lineup solves it. That's I guess it's not ultimately out of the scenario, but that's a big that's a big leap. That's a big jump to a conclusion, I think. Right. I don't know. I'm and not hundred percent confident in that. And no, I, I, I I completely agree with you, and I think one of the other problems is I'm hoping that the Flyers don't view Braun as necessarily the Niskan replacement as Braun stepping up because I mean Braun, while he was acceptable in the regular season, like I didn't notice him most nights, let me put it that way, and that's just fine for a defenseman. I noticed him a lot in the playoffs. He was very, very slow in the playoffs. And I just don't think he's a guy... I I, I think if you have him in your second or third pairing, you can get away with that. But he he cannot be a top pairing guy. Yeah. And also, I mean, it could be Gustafson Braun, and maybe Fletcher is still planning on doing other things, which, okay, again, but... And we're going to have... We're going to have at least... We got a couple it sounds like two and a half folks. months. Yeah, we got two and a half months for the iron it out, which is why this it's just a fucking weird offseason. It's just a weird offseason. It's the middle of October. We don't know if we're going to have hockey for another two and a half months. It's been over for a couple of days now. The draft's already done, and you just don't know if you're going to have when the NHL season is coming, and also they, we don't know if we're having an NHL season. Uh, and it's uh, it just means there's a lot up in the air, and this signing just doesn't really... This signing just adds to the questions, I feel like. Yeah, and the lack of an AHL season is a big factor for a team like the Flyers, who have so many young players that they want to try and find ice time for. Yeah, I mean, like that's gonna that's so annoying. Like it's gonna hurt like the the progress of someone like Ratcliffe too, who needed to have another need to have that other season after he got pretty much smacked around in his first pro season, and now I mean, you he could also sh- sit on the shelf for like fourteen months. I wouldn't have been shocked if Frost was going to get some more time in the AHL this season too. Oh uh, yeah, it, you know he could probably use it, and that's it. Sucks that that's not going to be an option for him. Yeah, well, well I mean, not not it potentially not an option for him. We don't know. No, for no, sure. but but that could mean uh, maybe that might be the for as not negative, but I guess like as confusing and kind of wondering what the consequences are going to be from like the actions that come out of this signing. Uh, maybe uh, Chuck's lack of finding a, a three slash four center is just him uh, right in for- Frost in there in the chalk, just chalking up Frost to be the, uh, the third or fourth line center. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, I mean that would be talked, nice, but we spoke on the last episode about Miku Koivu being a, a great candidate for a third, fourth line yeah. center due to his ties with Chuck Fletcher and just seeming to kind of fill that gap. But he went ahead and signed with the Columbus Blue Jackets, and a big reason for him signing with the Blue Jackets is he was pretty much guaranteed third-line center time. Whereas the Flyers, it really was dependent on Morgan Frost and Nolan Patrick. Yeah. No, it was. Yeah. And, um, man, I'm trying to think of what else to... See, the thing with Gustafson, too, is, like, if I'm not wrong, that 2018-19 power play, that had Kane on it, uh, I think the Brinkett like Taves and maybe not Taves, but like that w- it wasn't exactly like Gustafson may have been the fifth most important part of that power play. Like he could, that could have just been any dude on that pair that season. I have to go back and look at that more, but uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, don't know. Don't, I don't get this signing a lot. I, I guess it's definitely like insurance and it, maybe they do have a ghost trade lined up or maybe they're thinking about moving on from him now. And then you get something for Ghost. 
and he leaves after the and then Gustafson leaves after the season and then you're just going you're kind of back where you were now but you don't lose any assets in the expansion draft for no reason and it kind of solves some headaches right now and you're not sure what's going on but again I think it's, this just causes more headaches because I really <laughs> just don't get it but what's the deal with the current what's the deal yeah. it's you know I'm it might be just too early to judge a lot of this, but I mean, we're in the podcast business, you know, too early to talk about this is our bread and butter. Yeah, baby. Yeah. And we'll definitely talk about it more on Thursday and uh, we'll definitely be able to, we'll, we'll get into it again. We're going to have a couple months here to get into more about these uh, draft picks, what the lineup's going to look like, uh, a bunch of other off season moves, yada, 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 you know the deal. And there's other guys still out there. And that's something that we plan on getting into on Thursday, oh, yeah. just in case you weren't aware this is a, like a, a bonus episode, essentially. This is us just yeah, yeah. peeking our I heads mean, out and going, we had a few things we didn't get to talk uh, about on last up and uh, want to do a quick uh, free agency recap. Yeah, yeah. by the way, uh, Steve, how's, your, uh, how's the bus going? Is it, uh, is it filled up? Is it running pretty nicely? When you threw me under the bus this morning for saying the Monday app wasn't out. What was that about? <laughs> what was that about? Well, let me tell you what that was about. It was about somebody <laughs> asked me about it, and I wanted to be honest with the people. Actually, it was mostly no, no, no. it was mostly an excuse to use a, a screen cap I had gotten. I finished the Michael Jordan documentary, the The Last Dance, on uh, Netflix over the weekend, and there's there's one there's one point where <laughs> one of the reporters was saying, "Way to go, Craig." <laughs> and I, I saw that actually Emmett pointed this out. Emmett caught the way to go Craig and said, you have to use that uh, for Craig at some point. <laughs> so I, I found the perfect of opportunity course. to yeah. use way to go Craig. And I, I leaped into it. Yeah. Of course, Emily had another great idea. And also since it was the last dance, I wanted to use the reference of once I saw that, I just wanted to say, and I took that personally. <laughs> so that's my response to that. So that's how you do that. I swear uh, to God, Jordan says that, maybe 50 times straight. <laughs> it's like the main thing that and like i just gotta live in the moment and it's like yeah of course you're fucking michael jordan man not everybody can live in the moment and dunk on guys this isn't <laughs> like that's not like you don't i'm like that's not like a secret that you just unleash on the world you're just michael fucking jordan so well it's just he takes everything personally he just tries to destroy yeah. <laughs> everyone and that that was my main takeaway he just tries to destroy everyone oh yeah absolutely i might god i might that was uh when did I watch that during quarantine? That was, that was a couple months ago now. You probably watched that when it first aired. I, I was definitely late to the party on that one. Oh, no, I was a little bit late, too. I think I watched that, like, right when the teens got in the bubble. I think that's when I watched it, so. But anyway, it's a good, it's a good you know, good 30 for 30. Go watch that. Uh, I'm excited to see what the next one's going to be since LeBron won again. I feel like Michael's just got to, like, put out another 30 for 30 every year that LeBron's <laughs> back in the finals now, so. Maybe Dennis um, Rodman will do something. <laughs> they got on him that's he's he well he's a madman so this is advertiser content brought to you by frito-lay hello i'm chip murphy here to get you ready for the big tournament tonight we'll break down we break down who will be cutting cut what are you two doing sorry chip prez here got his feathers ruffled when i told him ruffles has zero chance of winning the title and I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys, it's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. 
It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snackin'. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever prohibitive. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. Uh, Gustafson, let's get, can we focus, Steve? This is a fucking, this is a serious professional podcast. And I don't care if it's a bonus episode, so let's... <laughs> Gus on the NHL roster, AHL roster, playing that year, and also eighth defenseman, ninth defenseman, whatever. Derek Pouliot, who uh, for the Pens fans listening to this niche Flyers uh, podcast, sounds familiar. Uh, 26-year-old left-hand defenseman, coming in at a strong six foot, 196 pounds, eighth, drafted eighth overall in 2012 by the Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and if uh, for those of you, uh, for you draft fans out there, you'll remember that at that draft, Jordan Stahl was traded from the Penguins to the Hurricanes for Brian Dumlin. Still good. Still on the Penguins. Uh, Brandon Sutter always sucked. Was overrated for a while, but he's always sucked ass uh, in Vancouver now. Uh, then the eighth overall pick, which they used on Derek Pouliot, who has blossomed into a depth AHL defenseman. So uh, 39 points, seven of which were goals in 58 games for the San Antonio Rampage last year, the uh, Golden Knights Blues farm team. Uh, zero points in two games with the Blues last season. 48 points, eight of which were goals in 202 games over six seasons with the Pens, the Nucks, and the Blues. Uh, Taysom Hill just scored a touchdown, by the way. I just wanted to let you know, Steve, because i got to live through it. Um, <laughs> Ford, uh, Vancouver, Vancouver did Damn give Damn you and you're ahead of me, TV. <laughs> oh, so the, you know, the, Saints, the Saints Jalen Hurts. Yeah, we'll we'll go with that. I don't want to – I'm not playing <sighs> Nobody deserves the title of Taysom Hill. Like, but that's nobody... how they use him so far. They use that him is as Taysom Hill, him, and it's driving nobody... me insane, Craig. It's driving me insane. Nobody likes Taysom Hill. Taysom Hill doesn't even like Taysom Hill. You know he wakes up and he's like, I'm the fucking gadget guy. And then he goes out there and he gets mocked, and the NFL Network blows him. It's a whole thing. But anyway, Derek Foley got a, got a chance with Van City. Uh, he played 71 games for the Canucks in 17-18, got 22 points. Average seven seventeen fifty one a night. 2018-19, got 12 points in 62 games, averaging 17-10 a night. Won the Cup in 2016, technically speaking, after playing 22 regular season games and two postseason games for the Penguins. Um, and again, there's really not much to... It is what it is. He's a fine HL caliber mobile defenseman. And uh, considering we just talked about the un- uncertainty of the AHL season coming up and all that comes with that and just giving a contract to a guy who may not even be playing in that league this year, this is fine. And it's also insurance in case <laughs> injuries really do come down the line here. What are you giggling at? You guys turned into the this is fine dog, and I... I enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest with everybody. I don't have that many feelings about Derek Pouliot. I barely have feelings about Eric Gustafson. I'm just mainly confused about that signing. That's their biggest signing right now. <laughs> I know, thing. and like that's like I. I think know. that's the again, reason why we're we're all a little baffled, just because the Flyers. It felt like they took a step forward, and then to just do nothing just seems a little. Yeah, unusual. this is it's not necessarily do, bad, but it's unusual. I do want to get out in front of that though, because you brought it up, and I'm going to cut you off. You brought that up earlier, and I'm seeing a lot of it on Twitter about like the. I am the I am the guy that used to get pinned. At, we used to be pinned as the two to three years away guy or like you know whenever we screw why aren't they doing this and it's like well you want to 
build and draft through the, or I mean, yeah, like draft and build through the pipeline and everything. This year, I I would argue is maybe the start of when you can start. Maybe not this year, but you could have taken some kind of step forward to. I, I don't know the Niskanen retire like Niskanen retiring and then just kind of being like, oh, Gustafson like that doesn't feel like what the response should have been. Niskanen retiring Niskanen is, is a big factor here. If you yeah, didn't like lose that's... Niskanen, then like, okay, fine. Like I. I get not making a move because your roster's still pretty strong, but Niskanen was your number two defenseman, essentially. That is a big yeah. loss. And again, there's still plenty of time. Chucky Two Trades could address this, but through the first few days of free agency, nothing has happened on this front, and it's it's a little frustrating. He did say he did say he was gonna probably do it through trades. So we'll we'll hold him to that. But again, that would have felt like when Petrangelo signs, you're picking up and you're calling uh McCrimmon right away. You're calling Vegas right away to be like, you know, I, I know you have no cap space now. Would you like to go as a defender for nothing? Well, and, and there that would have been Nate Schmidt would have been too. on the Flyers. There were some other guys out there too, and teams might have overpaid, like say the Maple Leafs, for guys that would have been very interesting. Like TJ Brody was definitely a guy that could have filled that TJ void. Brody was in play. Yeah, he absolutely could have. And Leafs, and Leafs overpaid him a little bit, but not a ton. Yeah, and that is, and that's the thing with free agency. And I guess, like most years, like. I guess in theory, I'm not really losing my mind because they haven't they haven't given a contract to someone. Where I'm like, well, that's fucking terrible. Like Gustafson is one year, and I kind of get it with the expansion draft, and you needed another body, I guess. But like, this is the time of year where t- like GMs do make mistakes. But I just you gotta. I mean, let's look alive here, Chuck. Like, I mean, there's uh, we're I guess we're waiting for more shit to fall down. But like, uh, it's not feeling good right now about the defense. Like, this is not. For how much this year's team changed from being the nobody on this team or on this defense can play defense to the Flyers just kind of dictating games with their forechecking and low scoring, low goals, low goal goal totals against and Carter Hart pretty much like holding the team to low goal goal totals against. Like you would have thought there would be more of an emphasis to making sure that the defense doesn't take a drop at all. Because the defense is also the reason why they almost they got pretty much halfway to a cup was it was the forward score and it was how much they were able to lock things down and help Carter out. So, I, I something's gonna happen. I, this can't be the blue line they're going into the season with. Like that's my final stance is something else is gonna happen here because I, man, but like if Braun is the band aid for a whole season, I don't know. I'm not feeling great about that. But uh, I guess time will tell, Stefan. Uh, what did I cut you off from? Do you remember? I think I was just going to talk about what I did get my words in on uh, Niskanen's retirement being such a huge okay, factor. Okay. So there we go. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> this is... Craig, right, much, like, <laughs> much like dinosaurs, I find a way. That's right. That is, that's that's exactly right. You want to talk about Zade Wisdom now? Let's move on from yeah, yeah. I'll talk about Zade Wisdom. Yeah. So we already talked about how much we love Zade Wisdom. You know, Great story. Play a shift for the Flyers. Yeah, because he's uh, already already seems like a pretty successful kid uh, overcoming a lot. And now he's going to make some money. Uh, signed his ELC, three years, 825K a season. And he'll be an RFA in 2024. Wisdom again, 94th overall pick in the fourth round of last week's 2020 NHL Entry draft, 5'10", 201-pound Canadian center. 59 points in 62 games last year for the Kingston Frontenacs in the OHL, playing on Shane Wright's uh, wing. 
He had 29 goals. Uh, I I mean, I'm a big fan of him. I think everybody's a big fan of him because of his story. Also, I'm a big fan of him because he's a big riser in the draft ranks. ranks. He went from being unranked on Central Scouting's original 374-name list, then 90th at midterms, and 54th in the final rankings. And it seems like the Flyers got pretty good value for him because he was mocked in the, the mid-60s to early 70s. Very physical player. Uh, uh, some concerns over skating, but very physical. Has a decent shot, and he crashes the net. So again, there there are all the signings. Uh, every level. NHL, AHL, and future signing. So uh, Zade Wisdom, I don't know if he'll play for the Flyers one day. Hoping he does. Uh, it seems like he's got he's got pretty good potential, and it seems like he just every year he's taking gigantic steps towards being uh, a finished product. So hopefully that, that keeps on rolling there. Um, so we've talked about, uh, Steve, we've also talked about what we've, what the Flyers have signed. Let's talk about what the Flyers lost so far in free agency this offseason, if you want to. Uh, and just to recap, Fletcher has signed, he's re-signed NAK this offseason, two years, 1.075 a season. Alex Lyon, one year, 700K. Hag, two years, 1.6 million a year. Elliott, one year, 1.5 million. And then Braun, two years, 1.8 million. Um, gained some cap space with Niskin in retiring, gained 5 million of cap space. Uh, and then these players uh, all left and are now with different NHL teams. So Tyler Pitlick signed with the Coyotes for two years, 1.75 million a year. The liquor of Pitts, RIPD. R.I.P.D. I think he served one successful year with the Flyers. I went from not really understanding the trade to liking the trade by the end of the year. Um, I think the, I think it was game three, game four. He was one of the better players against the Islanders. I thought he filled his role in fine, was effective on the forecheck, chipped in offensively, used his speed all around the ice to call his problems for the other team. I like Pitlick a lot. Uh, and I think the evolving wild projection was like three years at $2 million a year, which... You know, no thank you. Uh, but like two years, 1.75 mil makes a lot of sense. And I think he is somebody that might be dangled out there by the Coyote, Coyotes as a possible uh, expansion draft piece. Felt like a legitimate, like, energy guy. Like, what we always. Oh, yes. What, yeah. What commentators would always say that Zach Ronaldo was. Like, Pitlick was actually a guy who could go out there and use his forechecking to, to kind of drive the team inspire the team a little bit so it, yeah i i did enjoy him especially towards the end of the season and uh i think he'll be missed but at the same time not a huge loss uh not a drastic overpayment for him like maybe right. like a quarter of a million too much like not i wouldn't have been upset if the flyers had re-signed him at that price but at the same time i'm not upset the flyers did not re-sign him yeah, no, I was going to say, I, w- I wouldn't have lost my mind at this contract. But I, yeah, I get what you're saying. There was definitely a spot where you're like, all right, that's a little too much for Pitlick. Um, but it is kind of funny, you're right. Like, all the cliche things people throw out for really shitty players. I was like, oh, no, but no, he, he actually does those things, though. Like, this is, he's actually good at that. It would have been a hard time explaining that to people that don't watch the fucking Flyers, so. Uh, and then these two, I mean, some of my favorite guys, they were lace up the, uh, the orange and black, and I just... I'm going to miss him, Steve. Uh, Nate Thompson signed a one-year deal in Winnipeg for 750k. Uh, you remember that play? Remember, you. remember that one play he had, that, like, really good one that, like, set the tone and made a difference in the game? Do you remember that one? You know, it was a face-off. For Nate Thompson. Oh, yeah. It absolutely was, yeah. And then he had that one shot block. You remember that shot block? Good beard. Good times. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna find an open field near me and just lay down, look at the skies, turn a little cold play, maybe a scientist, and just think about what Nate Thompson brought to this franchise and just everything we accomplished with him. You know? And then uh 
<laughs> Anthony Grant. Towson, Derek Grant. Yeah, I mean, going back to Anon, he went home three years, one point five million a year. Uh, and all I can say, he went back is, to Cali, Cali, Cali. Uh, yeah, the big G R A N T. I don't fucking remember. Uh, it's. Uh, I want to just want to thank Derek Grant personally for that kick pass against the Caps. And then also for sending off Nick Suzuki with the biggest fuck you ever and giving him the head taps in return at the end of the series. I do think that was... There's not a, there's not a, a, enough gamesmanship in recent Flyers history of just, like, really close, bitter playoff series and just the Flyers just doing really, like, uh, just troll-level shit. So for him to give uh, Suzuki those head taps at the end, that was wonderful. I appreciate It's actually that. a good memory of Derek Grant. That's yeah, no, that is sincerely... Yeah, I will enjoy that. I will not enjoy the rest of his... Tenure most likely. And then, Steve, this one hits me right in the heart. This is the worst one. The Ducks also signed somebody else, a defenseman for one year, 750K. And they don't have to wait on him anymore. Uh, Andy Walensky, he's there. And he'll be Wellesy! used. And, and uh, we're, still, oh, we're always going to be waiting on Wellesy. He's, he never came up. Uh, never got to see him play hockey. I'm going to refuse until the day I die to never actually watch him play hockey. So if you send me highlights or game clips or like some kind of scouting report on Andy Walensky, Wasted breath, my friends. I'm not watching it. I'm going to be... It's too close, and I, I just fucking... It's, this year... How could this year have gotten worse? You're telling me... No, I can't. We're done. We're done the podcast. We started this podcast. stuck po- in we Wellesley Purgatory. <laughs> <laughs> now he's off... Yeah, he's way over, and I just... I can't... I can't, I can't do this. I can't, I can't even think of a bad joke to fill in the time right here, so... For what you uh, can't think of a bad joke. <laughs> Which is astounding, because this podcast is pretty much based off of me just yelling at fan stats at people with some bad jokes, and you correct me on those bad jokes. So that's, I mean, that's usually where we're going with this, and uh, I got nothing. Do you have any? Do you got anything to save me here, Steve? You got any good jokes? No, no, not at all. I'm just, I'm sad. I'm sad about Wellesley, man. I've been waiting we're forever, and that's just, it's a tragedy, really. Probably the greatest up. tragedy of the year 2020. I can't think of another one, Steve. Let's let's hope that's not pull quoted from this podcast. Uh, but all those things considered, uh, cap situation for the Flyers right now: five million six hundred eighty-five thousand two hundred seventy-three dollars in cap space. That is when you fact. That's not factoring in uh, the Myers deal and also Patrick qualifying. So I assume Patrick's going to qualify, or maybe if they maybe they do give him a deal, and if if Patrick's getting paid a deal that's over a million. I really don't have cap space right now. Um, and again, remember that sweet, sweet cap space we had two summers ago. Uh, it ain't there now. So, Or last year, actually. Sorry. A, a little over a year ago. Yeah. But uh, again, and right now, these are what I'm thinking the lines might look like. Uh, Drew Katori, Voracek, Limblom, Hayes, Connect Me, JVR, Lawton, NAK, Farabee, Bundeman, Raffle on defense. I'm just going to roll with what I'm thinking on defense. Uh, Proveroff, Myers, Sandheim, Braun, uh, Gustafson, or Hag Gustafson. I think it's going to be the, the final pair. So, uh, yeah, ideally they trade Ghost and bring in another top four guy. Then the third pair is Gustafson, Braun, and the top pair. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I really don't know. Like, again, I which one are you less confident in? Myers playing on the top pair for a full season and it being the, like the season coming up or Braun pair playing in the top pair for the season. I, I feel like I'm less confident in Braun. Like I really, that I am too. Like the bubble numbers... ruined me on Braun. It popped my Braun That's bubble right. where I thought he was just <laughs> fine in the regular season. And 
Woo. Because yeah, I, I just kept noticing him. And when you start to notice a defenseman doing something bad or getting burnt a lot, like you can't kind of unsee it. Like maybe that's what happened with a number of people in Braden Coburn because like, yeah, I mean, I always liked Coburn, but a lot I of people Coburn couldn't stand fine. him and noticed every mistake he made. And that's where I got with Braun was I started noticing every mistake Justin Braun made. And I couldn't yeah. even get his name right throughout the playoffs. I kept thinking it was Ryan Braun, the baseball player, <laughs> which would explain why he was so bad at defense in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, he was just taking little baseball swings at the puck, not playing like playing body at all. But I think uh, for so like Sandheim Braun had fine numbers, but I still wouldn't really feel confident with putting throwing Sandheim Braun out there, Braun out there as the second pair to start the year. I don't know. I, I mean, and again, like Myers, like. I just want a steadier hand on the top pair right now. That's why I think they're in kind of in a weird spot because it's going to cost assets to go out and get that guy. And then you're going to have to worry about the expansion protection getting all out of whack for next year. Because right now, I believe I saw it's going to be the same same uh, expansion draft rules as the, the Golden Knights got. So I think it was five forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. Or maybe seven forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. Or he can have to protect four defensemen and only be able to protect four forwards. So right now, it's obvious it's pro pro Rob Sanheim Myers is on defense. If you go out and lock up another guy, then you're gonna have to go four and four, and then you might be losing somebody like Limblom up front. Uh, so I think I, I think that's playing into this a little more than we want it to factor in, or like the like more than we'd like to, or like more than we'd like to feel the impact of it. I if that makes sense like it's logical but it still feels like something that maybe you can figure out at the deadline or this offseason and be able to trade somebody and get value for it and then be able to still protect those three guys but again man i just gustafson is not i i hope he's not the answer i don't think av and fletcher would go in the next season thinking yep defense is fine now that we got him locked up i think they still think there's an issue on the right side that's just me though i don't know throwing that out there yeah, if I was in their shoes, I would definitely think that as well. And it's, as I said, it's frustrating. Uh, you, It feels like not quite a step back, but definitely not a step forward. And again, there's a lot more that could come. There's a lot more yeah, time there between are now and the, start, yeah. the targeted start of the season. They're, they're currently aiming for January 1st, but we'll see what happens on that front. I mean, the COVID situation is changing literally every day. Every day, yeah, and it really, like, again, Niskanen's, Niskanen pretty much re- decided to retire because of the COVID impact, and I just remember that player's poll from ESPN that was, like, asking if you would be willing to do a bubble for a whole season, and the player's just going, no. Like, it, it sounds like that's going to be a hard pushback from the league to do four different bubbles for an entire shortened season, and then do the playoffs, too, after that. So, we really don't know what next season looks like at all. And I think a lot of players are kind of, yeah, I think they're a little worried about that too. So uh, it's just, it's a weird off season. And I think things are going to move at a lot slower pace than we expect. That's what I'm thinking. Uh, so, yeah. Um, well, Steven, the reason why we have two episodes this week <laughs> uh, is right here. The moneymaker, right here. The this only reason, right here. 
This is why everybody subscribed. Uh, this 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 section right here. And uh, folks, uh, apparently the Bachelor slash ba- I, th- I guess this is the Bachelorette is sure. back on television. And uh, we got a batch update. Ian's hard at work. Okay. We're gonna have two batch updates this week. I'm not gonna put too much pressure on. Hopefully, but uh, I-, I should have one ready for Thursday again. And uh, yeah, we were gonna do this on the last episode last week, but that that freaking episode was well over two hours long. Yeah, it was literally like 12:30 at night, and I just reached a point where I was like, I can't do this tonight. I just cannot. <laughs> so fine, I will record yeah, a was... bonus episode next week. But I, I also wanted to get a quick free agency recap in because I, I knew there would be a lot happening. I was, I was hoping there'd be more flyers news. There is not much, but yeah. we found enough to talk for the better part of an hour about. Yeah, by the way, speaking of that episode, we went like 216 on Thursday, and we didn't do the batch update. And also, there's another fuck around topic we didn't get to, but thankfully it's not time sensitive, so we pushed it back until Thursday, Thursday as well. So I'm still waiting on that, but just when you guys, if you're wondering how long that episode could have been, it could have been like three hours. So, uh, yeah, all I can say is we're dedicated, and uh, we work hard, and uh, we get results. That's all I'll say about our podcast. But let's get into the batch update right now. Uh, so... Quote, and first this is an first? official one. Oh, okay. This is no can right. batch. This is not. <laughs> can batch might come back if I feel like it after this Bachelorette season. If is the done. people are yearning. Yeah. If the people are yearning for the can batch update, it will happen once this Bachelorette season is done. But in the meantime, I will let Ian do the heavy reality show lifting. As he should. That's that's what. Yeah, as he should. Uh, so. First things first. R.I.P.D. EVH, he's of course talking about Eddie Van Halen, who passed away last week. I don't know, is the D too soon? I'm not using the D for him yet. No, I, I'm yeah, legitimately not sad about yeah. Eddie Van Halen. Uh, yeah. No, I mean, what yeah, a great, is. what a great freaking guitarist that man was. My God, I will miss him. Uh, great tribute, by the way, to Eddie Van Halen. Uh, Jack White used one of his uh, uh, guitars on the on SNL over the weekend, which was really cool. Oh, did it? And, uh, oh, nice. I think he did a little nice, bit of eruption yeah. during Lazaretto, which was really cool. Oh, shit. Yeah, I guess he can. Yeah, it sounds like I would probably apply. I, I yeah. would definitely, if you like, uh, I, like I would definitely recommend, yeah, I would recommend checking out Jack White's performances because they were very good. Yeah, oh, yeah. I listened to the Raconteurs. There's the fucking one song from the Raconteurs I've been listening to nonstop for like three months, and I already forget what it is. Salute Your Solution, I think it is, yeah. But uh, anyway, yeah, I got to check that out. Uh, batch update. Getting back to a quote. Let's meet the fellows of Claire Crawley's season, which was postponed a bit due to, you guessed it, COVID-19. There's a total of 31 dudes trying to make Claire... Oh, God. Their wife... Uh, it says say it in boring voice. But, uh, ABC <laughs> their wife. <laughs> their wife. ABC it's just provided... in time for Borat, too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Fuck yeah, that is happening. Man. This year is something. It's happening ABC... in two weeks. ABC provided some brief bios, so let's get right into a few. AJ learned how to make candles during quarantine and is a double Dutch master on the jump rope. That's a fucking combo right there for a one-two punch. And uh, I'll tell you what, I don't know who he's getting with that. Uh, For Bennett, humidity at any level. Bennett! (laughs) And he also hates Goff. Uh, Sounds like Bennett needs to get a grip. Brendan's buds call him B-Money, and his go-to look is a turtleneck. Ooh. Brendan, apparently, also needs to get a grip. All right, a little, I like this. <laughs> but not a grip on a golf course. Yeah, yeah, he's, I like this. A little uh, wordplay there. Uh, 
Chazen. Am I reading this right? Chazen? Chazen? That's, that's what it, 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 it. That's what I'm reading it as. Is Chazen? Yeah. Chat. I have no. I've never seen a name. It looks like a I, typo. Frankly. This dude needs to be fucking off next. I better never hear this name again. Chazen's nickname is Wolverine, and he once swam from San Francisco to Alcatraz wearing only a pink speedo. This skunk bear is playing the go-to jail free card. All right. Good God. He is having some fun tonight. Yeah. Uh, oh man, I hope he's called Chazen because he's abnormally short, hairy. And has a crazy haircut. I would hope so. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. Also, a guy named Chazen just probably needs a, a nickname because he doesn't want to be called Chazen. Chase, I guess that would be the. Uh, that's not like Chase's Chase Ellie's first name, is it? I guess is we're calling him Wolfie because I'm not calling him Chasen. <laughs> uh, let's get back into a quote. Demar is a spin cycle instructor, but his dream job is to be a DJ on the Las Vegas Strip. Dude loves spinning circles. Oh my god, Ian is. Right. Oh man, you want to talk Easy about wants... aspirations? Holy shit! Dream job to be a DJ on the Las Vegas Strip. Hey. My god, DJ music over there. I I mean, it sounds like that guy is just he, he's just down the clown. That's uh, what that's. He's just looking for takedowns. I think is what that guy's uh, doing with his life. Easy wants to find quote his queen, and his dream is to own the New York Yankees. Well, Easy, I think you can solve one of those things on the Bachelorette. You're probably not getting the second one. E A Z Y. Not even spelling easy correctly. <laughs> and yeah, I don't think unless your last name is Steinbrenner, you're gonna be owning the Yankees. <laughs> Let me tell you something about the Yankees. Yeah. Let me tell you about the Steinbrenners. <laughs> Let me tell you about Calzones. Uh oh, we got an Ivan. Uh oh wait, no, we got an Ed first. Hold on. Ed loves all inclusive resorts and wants to find someone to enjoy his many aquatic hobbies with. All right, good luck to you, Ed. You sound Boring. Uh, Evan Sounds is like a, a nerd. <laughs> Look at the nerd. <laughs> Ivan is a recovered croc enthusiast and loves high-end cars. Hold up, recovered croc enthusiast. I know it's a Does national that mean problem. Like... I know it's an issue that a lot of us are going through right now. It's like COVID, and then croc croc enthusiasm is like. Are we, we're talking about the shoes, right? Yeah. Okay, we're not talking like he, you know, was an enthusiast for Crocs until like he got his hand bitten off. <laughs> no, I don't think he Steve Irwin out. Yeah, no, it was uh, but like, okay, Cro- are Crocs acceptable? Are they like, are they dorky to wear? I don't know anything about. It. I know Crocs. Are they're good. they're all, they've always been dorky to wear, okay. but they're a comfortable shoe for say around the house. Right. But uh, I I guess to be an enthusiast of Crocs, you have to be a dork, a real turd. <laughs> Like a great no, way about it. Just uh, tipping the scales in turret territory. That's what you got to be to be a big fan of car. Does also love high end cars, so maybe he just. Uh, you want to talk about two things that don't go together? It's Crocs and high end cars. <laughs> he could do an app like, you know, when I'm always driving my Porsche 911, I like to slip in some comfy Crocs, and then Ivan drives up. I'm hoping he wins. I don't know shit about cars. Have I been thrown around? I know more about Crocs than I do about cars. I know, and I know less than you know about Crocs than I do about either of those things. We should. I think we should do a segment next week: Crocs and cars. We just get into it. I'll make a note of that. Hold on, I'm going to make a note. The two greatest things on earth, right there, according to this guy. (laughs) (laughs) I hope you have two thumbs pointing directly at you when you say "this guy." Is that what you're doing? This guy, guy right here. Uh, Jay loves Drake and he loves Duke basketball. Fuck you, Jay. Jay also admits to being a du- oh, there you go. Jay also admits to being a douchebag. So there you go. He knows. Oh, it. Yeah. Um, Admit it's the first step. <laughs> yeah. Uh, during quarantine, Jeremy developed a love for painting and taught himself how to rollerblade. 
Okay, Jeremy. Well, I hope he did them simultaneously. Yeah, that would be fucking... That's what the whole show should be, just seeing if that guy can ace that. Um, Kenny and his dad work out together every day, and Kenny also hates cheese. I assume his dad also hates cheese. Hashtag Picasa. That's German for the cheese for all you uh, German-speaking folks out there. Oh, okay. Like, like uh, the Bart, the... How often are you working out with your dad, by the way? All the time. All uh, the time. I know, mean, Jacoboys are just constantly... Pumping. I, I don't think I've ever worked out with my dad. Yeah, like, we've know, had catches, but I've never worked out with my dad. I was going to say, like, I never worked out with my dad either. And I was like, that sounds weird to me, but I guess I get it to an extent. I don't know. Like, just, like, it sounds my dad weird and I drink beers together. That's, yeah, that, like, that sounds yeah, right. Eat barbecue. <laughs> uh, like, sh- but, like, shooting hoops or, like, something like that, I could even see. But, like, yeah, like, I, yeah, I'll shoot some hoops, sure. Working out is weird. I, maybe it's not weird. I don't fucking know. Uh, I mean, it, it all, whatever floats your boat. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I'm sorry. I thought we were going to have more of that. No, I agree. Whatever floats your boat. Yeah. That's it. But I also, wait, can I, can we also just say, wh- why do they hate cheese? Are they just freaks? Oh, I think they're just freaks. Yeah. Th- this is, I like, just said they're, working they're out lactose together. intolerant, I have a much bigger problem with this hate of cheese. I mean, what did cheese ever do to you besides be delicious? Yeah, that is, that's, that's good. You know anybody that hates cheese? Oh wait! Don't doesn't somebody at Broadway Hockey hates chocolate? Don't they? Doesn't Kurt hate I don't chocolate? Know. No, that's not, I think that's coffee. That's a little different. A lot of people don't like coffee, but I've, a lot I've, of people don't like coffee. You know? Ran to too many people. I don't know how they stay don't up. Don't like chocolate. Cool. I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't know how you get anything che- done. Yeah, enjoy your gallons of cheese. You know, I mean, do, why do you hate Urkel so much? I don't know. It's a good question, and we're gonna wait for that question. Please tweet us your answer to that question. <laughs> <laughs> is that cheese that's his favorite uh that's his famous like, uh, saying right is that cheese not the other one yeah i think it's got any cheese i don't know <laughs> uh i think we got two more of these bullets you know here. It, oh, it, fun fact about urkel real quick fun fact about oh, urkel. Wait, did you know that in the final episode of family matters urkel goes to space and i'm not making this up no i did not where what urkel happened? goes to space in the final they just fucking send him to the moon. They're like, this show's done. You're getting out of like, here. Bye bye. Like he goes to space with a crew, and then like, <laughs> there's some tension when he's coming back, and then oh, he lives. Urkel lives. Great. Oh, great. Cool beans. I, 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 we had a kick the other weekend. You know, this is what quarantine does. Where I just decided to start watching random episodes of shitty '90s TGIF sitcoms <laughs> to see like what modern guest stars would show up, like uh like Jerry Gergich from Parks and Rec, oh, is, like, yeah, playing a creep in the step by step, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so we went through a bunch and then I decided, I really, how, how the hell does family matters end? Because that show would get increasingly crazy every season because then like, <laughs> Oh, Steve Urkel made a, made a thing to make him a cool guy, Stefan. And then, Oh, Steve and Stefan are two separate people. And Stefan is a serial killer. I don't think he became a serial killer, but like it just would get increasingly crazy and like Steve making weather machines and shit. So I really wanted to see how it ended, and Urkel goes to space. So there's your TGIF history <laughs> lesson for the day. <laughs> was, I mean, I liked it. I had no, I, I was not expecting an Urkel bit. I mean, you went totally there with Urkel, but I liked it. I had no idea where it was going. That is, uh, that was that was good shit though. I had no. See, if I wrote Urkel, just leave him up there on the moon. Just like let him become the first person on, like to actually live on the moon, and then just go from there. But also, I do enjoy doing that. Jerry Gergich is a big one. Jerry Gergich is secretly in quite a bit of stuff, I think. He was he was somewhere on Friends. He was on an ER episode. That was one of the things we looked up that day. He was on an, an episode of ER. Oh shit. Well there you go. That uh what was it? Uh 
uh, Ben Wyatt's boss at the accounting firm that always shuts down. He had a he had a role on Friends somewhere along the line too. Uh, there, there's a lot of those. That well, you can... and and speaking of Ben Wyatt, the greatest is Adam Scott, a young Adam Scott on Boy Meets World as a bully. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. If you haven't checked that out, Boy Meets World early seasons, Adam Scott plays this bully, and it's fantastic. What was the fucking? I watched something else. Sleeping with other people. I think Adam Scott was in there too. I don't know if you saw that. It was with uh, Jason Sudeikis. It was pretty good. But that was like watch out like a couple months ago. Anyway, uh, let's see. Uh, la- uh, right, second so last one. We we're just down finished Kenny and his yeah, dad. We're down to Mike. Oh, Kenny. And Mike. Let me. I gotta finish this crowd. one. I gotta. Right, I'll let you read this one. I'll let you read this. One. I mean, you can. It's just you gotta get it all off and. Uh, go ahead. Oh, I know how I'm gonna do it. I oh, go ahead. This. Mike is a proud lifelong member. Of the Shania Twain fan club. Mike, that don't impress me much. <laughs> oh, man, you actually sang it. All right. <laughs> that's, uh, that's props. I would have not, I, I was not going to sing it. But uh, yeah, apparently. Mike's got the look, but does he have the touch? Okay. All right. <laughs> I wish I remembered any other part of that song. And also, that's I all I remember. Also, I don't think it's applicable, and it's not the same song, but if we shout, let's go, girls, before every podcast, that really wouldn't work out for us. I don't know if that would work. <laughs> I think we should do it. I think it'd be you want to start? Like, okay, we'll see if we remember for Thursday. Bum, 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 uh, bum, last... Let's go, girls! <laughs> and then last one, quote, ABC's website wouldn't load the bios after Mike, but it doesn't matter. I'm sure it's a great group of guys, just top of the line, grade A hunks. The most important thing that came up in Batch Nation over the past few weeks, by the way, Batch Nation, get that hashtag going, over the past few weeks is the fact that the affable host, Chris Harrison, owns a hawk, which he takes with him when he goes hunting. What? My God. I I hope he is just using just the hawk. Like, no guns, no bow and arrow, like, no javelin, just, like, him and the hawk. And when he sees another bird or, like, any, or like a deer, he's just like... Sick him, and the hawk goes at it. I hope that's how he's hunting. That's my. That is a whole like crazy subset of people are are people who have like trained hawks and and falcons and stuff like that. Falconers, like yeah. very very strange lifestyle right there, where you're training a bird to, and yeah, that also, glove that it's always on, yeah, 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 the you... over its head and shit. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a, a weird of... life. Is there? You only get into that business to make money off of showing off that bird right like there's no is or there like really a fucking thing? love birds or like you got like big apple trees and you can't pick them or something and you gotta get a hawk to go up there like i don't know what the other what is the other reason for you fucking hate mice <laughs> <laughs> you just have to hunt yeah, every you're one like, of those I'm not rat calling, bastards down i'm not calling anybody for this fuck these mice i'm 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 hawking this myself i'm getting a bird well, here we gotta keep time. we gotta keep our friend the rat away from chris harrison then yeah apparently chris harrison yeah Chris Harrison Chris Hawk is taking our friend the rat and murdering the fuck out of him. So we got to keep these parties. All right, separated. look, one for one, straight up. Chris Harrison or Jeff Probst? You got to take one. Hammer the survivor host. We're not leaving this podcast. Well, now that I know that Chris Harrison is hunting our our lovable friend, our yeah, friend fuck, the rat, kind of just I'm the going skills. Jeff Probst all the way. Yeah. Oh, Jeff Probst. Oh, I was going to say Chris Harrison because I don't want to get hawked to death. You know what I mean? Like I no. Oh, I'm keeping our friend safe. Uh, pro... Oh, give me probes. He knows how to survive. He's a survivor. Oh, I see what He's the survivor. Yeah, that is. Yeah, that's I, that's how the show works. I assume, right? That he ultimately wins. Survivor and judges everybody else. Yeah, I've never seen it, but I assume whoever is the last one standing, they I get know the, not... the monetary prize, the monetary prize. But then they have to fight him to the death, and they always lose. All I know is there's been about 
There's been about 67 seasons of Survivor at this point. There's too fucking many. I don't, like, at what point? <laughs> there's another season of Amazing Race. That's still happening? That shit started yeah, when apparently. I was, like, seven. And I'm too old now. I, I'm CBS. I'm too old. I, you, like, th- we gotta think of another idea. Craig is too old for this shit. <laughs> That's my new sitcom, is I'm on CBS watching CBS game shows that have been on since my birth. And I'm like, can we, this is too much. It's one episode, it's a pilot, and that's it. Just me talking about the amazing race, Big Brother, and Survivor. What are we doing? And I know that the Big Brother one's going to set people off in the chat. because. Oh, yeah, you're, oh, I'm the slack now. is going to be like, all over you. They're... I just, it's, I've What's the watched... nickname for Big Brother on there? What do they call it? Like, Beeb or something? think so i don't know but like this I, I know other people are watching it i just not for me guys not for me i just american idol i know that's not cbs but like what you know we've gotten it, american idol it was on forever and then it got canceled on fox or stopped on i think fox, it's on and abc, then it went to ABC like and then J-Lo? it went to abc we're like lionel richie like a bunch of dudes like people that like you, you know what i mean like what are we doing what do we, collectively you know what, this actually what are we doing this gives me a great moment to go on a rant against my Please least do. favorite current television trend and what that is fox fox has made its own fucking shitty genre the musical mystery show oh, they have God. made their own Look. genre and it is such a colossal piece of shit the oh, mass singer and what's the other one uh i can see your voice or oh some yeah shit. and that one okay that oh one? my god you know i I haven't watched i watched one episode of the mass singer and i decided i could never watch this again because it was i actually would rather watch the can batch the canadian bachelor (laughs) ever watch the mass singer again ever i I hated it that much and i can see your voice just looks like the dumbest crap i have ever seen so just real quick the mass singer is just like they get some rando celebrity to sing and they're like wow it was you right like that was that's pretty much yeah and they're in like a weird costume but like it's like week after week after week of guessing who it is and there's like they change their voice and they give hints like oh i'm an athlete in a city and people (laughs) don't like me and it was antonio brown oh Oh, amazing i just the i can't like i'm pretty sure like well 2020 has probably caused some of my like crazy sleep pattern and also just my life has caused some of my crazy sleep pattern but the one of like i can see your voice knowing that somebody got a fucking paycheck for thinking of that idea like they i like what the fuck is that show who is watching that show that is the dumbest like just looking at people and going you know what i think you can sing and then like that's it like that's that's literally the entire show i i just don't get it steve i'm losing my mind i'm standing up I'm breaking things. I'm throwing stuff across my room. I'm I'm on edge now. We need to have like another hour. I have triggered like... Craig Forsyth. <laughs> yeah, we're get we're we're recording another podcast right now. It's just gonna be me screwing about CBS sitcoms. That's all we're gonna do for the next hour. <laughs> I'm in. I've got a hundred percent in. <laughs> uh, but uh, but no, for real, we're done. I mean, if you want to wrap this puppy up, I don't know. We are we... done. There's no around the league because again, this is just a. A quick hit show. There will be around the league later this week. We're going to actually talk more about the the moves that were made throughout the league later this week. And hey, maybe the Flyers will do something between now and the end of the week. Who knows? So, folks, that's all we got. If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Uh, yes. And right now I am banking on that Perbly, uh, Fly Perbly podcast on Thursday. I'm going to start working on the. Uh, the draft pick profiles, like going back and looking at 
um, Tyson Forrester's OHL season last year and recapping all of his goals, where he scored from, where he took shots from, how he scored, like if he created the players, if he was getting created for, things like that. I'm going to go through and do that for what picks I have tape on out of the draft class. And then also, uh, you probably start talking about uh, looking towards next season a little, maybe throwing some return flights. I don't know. I got to... Well, I mean, we'll, we'll figure it out, Steve. You know what I mean? We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Yeah, but I, I'm going to start working on those profiles first and foremost. So hopefully I should get one out by later in the week and then start rifling through them. So look out for that, folks. Look out for that. All yeah. right, good stuff. Well, we'll, as Craig said, we'll be back later in the week with a full flight for you as if a slightly over an hour podcast isn't enough for you flight <laughs> maniacs i love you all you're you're the best but uh i'm very tired i did not sleep much last night so we're gonna wrap this sucker up uh you can reach me at fly purpley or at Esteban. but for your hockey purposes make it fly purpley get out there oh wait i have to also plug bsh radio and broad street hockey of course get out there and register to vote get ready to vote or if you're in the position where you already have a ballot, get your vote in. Vote is very important this year. Also, as we've mentioned many times, COVID is still very much a thing. So make sure you're wearing your damn mask and washing those damn hands. Please do all those things, folks. We love you. Stay safe. And a big congratulations to Bill Mataneva on uh, on tying the knot. Congrats to Bill and Ava because I know they got married over the weekend. I don't. I know they're on their honeymoon right now. So, I mean. Yeah, congrats to them. Uh, I'm happy. I mean, I haven't seen Bill or Ava in a minute now because of quarantine, but, you know, it's a pretty big life achievement, so congrats. Yep. Yeah. Congrats. Yeah. All right, folks. That's all we got. Thanks so much for listening. And until next time, as always, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell, and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! Support for Pivot comes from Polestar. At Polestar, every inch of every vehicle they design is thoughtfully made. They're made to transform auto performance, accelerating from 0 to 60 in less than 4.2 seconds with fully electric all-wheel drive. They're made to elevate the driving experience with LED headlights and a panoramic glass roof. And they're made to uphold a greater responsibility to the planet using sustainable materials and energy-saving systems. The result is a car that combines the best of today with the technology of tomorrow. Pure performance, pure design, Polestar. Design yours and book a test drive today at polestar.com.